1450 WKXL 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9, our great new signal in Manchester. It's Kale and Company, and we are presented by Weed Family Automotive at 124 Store Street in Concord. You can call for an appointment right now, 603-225-7988, or online at weedfamilyautomotive.com. And joining me on this edition of Kale and Company is an author, athlete, entrepreneur, neat dresser, swell dancer, loves kids, cats, and dogs, a doting grandfather, Eddie Papowski's number one fan, and along with his wife, Ellen, the busiest couple in show business. He is the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, Tom Raffio. Tom, welcome back to Kale & Company. Love to be on your show, and... You really made me out to be a renaissance man, but that kind of covered the gamut there for sure. You are a true renaissance man. There is no doubt about it. And uh, Tom, of course, uh, we mentioned he's an author. Now he has released his third book, Prepare for Crisis, Plan to Thrive. And the good news is on Thursday night of this week, Tom will be having an event at the Bookery in Manchester where you'll be able to purchase the book and... Meet the author as well. The bookery is at uh, 844 Elm Street in Manchester. And, uh, Tom, it's going to be a great night. It should be. And I'm looking forward to meeting many people I know have RSVP'd. All people have to do is go onto the bookery website, and they have a section called Experience Our Weekly Events. And you'll, you'll see my session there and click. And I won't uh, be speaking too long. I do want to get a, into a little background of how this all came into being. It actually began as me doing a journal, and then it, it then, uh, segued into this book on preparing for the future crises and how we were able to give back $27 million to the community, and yet ourselves continue to thrive. So there's a lot of uh, inside baseball. I know you like inside baseball, but kind of the, some of the players in New Hampshire that, that helped this all out. But also, um, it can be used by small and large employers to deal with what we're currently going through because even though the OSHA emergency standards don't apply or if you're less than 100 and they've been ruled out by the Supreme Court, you still have to keep your, you know, your employees safe and you still have to deal with uh, dealing with your, your external customers even if most of your employers are working from home. So it gets into a lot of that, and, and people have said it's a great combination of a somewhat of a visionary book, but also you can almost use it as a handbook. And the good news, Ken, for someone like you, you know what that is, Ken? You like- uh, it, 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 it's uh, large print? No. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a variation of that. <laughs> okay. It's, there's, if you, 100 pages, I was told by a publisher once, is what human beings will now, now read. So it literally is 101 pages. Um, and then there is an appendix that goes on for about 45 pages, but that is sort of supporting material. But So if you can get through 100 pages, um, you'll get the gist of everything. And, uh, and as Silvio Dupuy said, uh, as everybody knows Silvio in New Hampshire, he, what I try to do as well is condense a lot of my leadership experience and all the reading and studying I've done over the years. And it really made it in a, in, in a simplified uh a little booklet that will really help you, uh, I think, lead your company currently, but also planning for the next crisis. And the good news is the next crisis doesn't necessarily have to be another biological crisis. It could be 
you know, cyber crime, and there's a lot of tenants and principals in here that will help uh, small and large employees plan plan for their next uh, unexpected crisis. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it really is. When you say inside baseball, I mean, this is uh, inside exactly what you did because you include uh, so many of the emails that were sent out during the time of uh, uh, the initial crisis back in 2020. I mean, absolutely. It, yeah. One of the things we were so clear on is the communication and transparency. People want to know we were still in business and we could still process claims, and then employers wanted to know that if uh, we gave them premium relief, could their employees go to the dentist? And uh, we made that clear. And, of course, dentists themselves want to know how we were going to help them out. So it was actually pretty logical. First week, March 16th of 2020, make sure all your employees are safe. Get them home. Get them working effectively from home. That's about 90% of our employees still to this day. Then once we knew that was settled, giving them extra emergency time off, then we said, okay, dentists couldn't work in New Hampshire from March 16th to May 11th, except for emergencies. So how do we keep them in business? Well, we gave them $7 million in grants to keep them up and running. And then we said, okay, they're up and running, but if employers start dropping dental insurance because they're laying people off and business isn't good, what's the point of that? So we gave them premium holidays. Um, and then, And then... This is where the inside baseball comes in. Um, you know this because you've hung around with me, but insurance brokers get paid as a percentage of premium. So if we're not collecting premium in an effort to give back to employers, then we're not paying small employers, the brokers, right? So we gave them their commissions as if we had collected premium. And then we identified people who were going out on COBRA, which is the federal law. When people get laid off, they can continue their coverage. Well, we identified them through one of our... Uh, uh, organizations, and then we're able to give them premium relief. So it's all kind of ties together logically, but that sentence that I just said, there's a lot of behind the scenes in terms of how to get the board on board, how do you get regulators on board, because we're highly regulated, and giving back money is not necessarily as easy as you think. No, not at all. And, and you know, uh, Tom has been uh, on the job since 1995. I think this is an incredible, I, I'm just, uh, you know, reading this uh, in the About the Authors section of the book right now, but uh, he, you have grown Northeast Delta Dental from uh, administering the uh, dental benefits of 300,000 people uh, in the tri-state region that you cover to over 950,000 people since you have been there. That is and just incredible. And we'll be achieving uh, one million um, in the next month or two. Wow. So we had one of our goals the last uh, three years. We called it the march to a million. And since we've saturated the market, because if you think of it, Ken, I mean, in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, which is our territory, there's about 3.2 million people. Half of these people were, were not allowed to market to because they're headquartered um, in another state or they're part of a government program. So our universe, marketing universe, is really like, 1.6 million people, and we have, we will have by February or March about a million of those. So it just de- demonstrates again, you know, people want to do business with companies that are known to give back to the community and give good service. Uh, we, in the pandemic, our average speed of answer has been better than ever, well under 30 seconds. You call in, and I challenge any customer to call in, and you get a human being not after long navigation, not after repeating all your information three times, but you get a human being 
almost immediately that knows what they're talking about. Whereas um, in other industries and sectors, I'm sure you've experienced it. I know I have uh, cust- call customer service during the pandemic has been woeful in most industries. But what we did was planning for a crisis. We put in a brand new phone system so that when we had to push our employees home, that those employees could take calls from home in a distributed way. Obviously, anybody can make a phone call from home, but it has to be done in a distributed way for the next available agent, and we have to track statistics. So, that, again, that was part of the, part of the planning, planning process. And the big thing is, folks, the, these people who answer your calls are in this country. There you go. They, they, they might they, even be in your county. I mean, they, <laughs> they might be in your apartment complex. That, that's true. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, many of them um, have loved working and still love working from home because it's really changed their lives too. Whereas, you know, they don't have to get up in the morning and change and whatever. They can go up. They take a wellness walk. They get on the phones and off and running, and they have every dis- all the technology at their their disposal. We do have. Some of our customer service reps prefer to come into the office, and that's fine. We have all the space in the world because we have two buildings that normally would house well over 200 people, and there's more like 30 of us in this building, so we can certainly distance people. So um, I think just, one, making sure your employees are safe and happy, then that translates into the external service. I always said if you take care of your people and your customers, you know, the, the profits will take care of themselves. And, and by doing that, we were able to build our reserves, and then we were able to give back that $27 million without without hurting us financially. And as a matter of fact, both in 2020 and 2021, we had ec- excellent years, um, so we can continue to, you know, make the necessary investments in human customer service as well as uh, um, technology. And what always amazes me is the rapidity in which the dentistry industry was up and running around here, uh, you know, after the pandemic broke out in in May, uh, I should say in March of uh, uh, 2020, because, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the dentists were up and running in, in a time a lot shorter than you would anticipate. Exactly. And this is, again, a credit to the governor's task force, a credit to Many external stakeholders, the Dental Society, Delta Dental, the Hygienists Society. So on March 16th, the American Dental Association, of, that is of 2020, said you can't go to the dentist unless it's an emergency. So basically everybody was shut down for the most part. So we worked from March 16th um, to develop COVID-safe processes. And on May 11th, we were opening up for business. So in, in that interim period of time, we'd given out $7 million dollars. Mm. But right away, they were able to get back up and running on May 11th. And we did other things, little subtle things. If people read the book, they'll, they'll say, oh, my God, I didn't realize that level of detail. But in our business, when you start a crown, a lot of crowns take multiple visits or two visits. Um, and the industry policy is you pay the crown when the second part of the procedure is done. But we said, okay, there were many crowns in process that had to be halted because of COVID. So we said, you know what? For cash flow reasons, we'll pay you, yeah. um, and then we'll trust that you know when COVID, when we get to go, people get to go back, that you'll finish the crown. So all, all those subtle little subtle things we did, you know, allow the dentist to stay in business. And of course, we also had access to uh, PPE, personal protection equipment, through one of our 
big dental clients, so clean. So we gave away KN95 masks, N95 masks. Uh, we distributed uh, gowns. Uh, we're, to this day, we're still giving out nitrile gloves. So we're still, um, in a way, a mini supply chain company, too. And it's basically using the, the power of our connections and reserves to purchase PPE at a, at, a, at, a, at a level that we could then really discount it, in some cases, give it away to our, to our dental community. Yeah, it's an amazing story. So uh, overall, Tom, how has it changed the, the industry, the uh, dental industry? Great question. In some respects, um, we're more efficient than ever. I mean, from an insurance company claims processing perspective, we're more efficient than ever. Our stats are better. Uh, we're processing claims as fast and as accurately as ever, if not faster. As I mentioned earlier, picking up calls quicker, um, and technology has also facilitated that. The dentists have done a great job organizing, and I'm sure many people have gone to the dentist since COVID. You go in, you go out. Um, it's very efficient. There's not a lot of waiting. In the old days, I know I personally used to wait a lot in the waiting room. Now I get there, they, whatever, take your temperature and you're in, and they go ahead and do the cleaning. If that, that was the procedure that you had scheduled, and then, and then you're out. So in some respects, um, it's made... Uh, it's made uh, dental offices more efficient. The one struggle they're having now is not the dentist. There's plenty of people going to the dentist, and there are plenty of dentists from Nashua to Concord. The issue now is a, uh, a relative shortage of dental assistants and hygienists. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those folks retired when COVID hit, and the other is since we're having childcare, early learning, you know, shortages. Sometimes, you know, maybe a hygienist or a dental assistant who um, has kids at home isn't able to go back to the office because they can't get daycare for their kids. So that's where sort of the holistic approach comes in. So the big challenge right now is not people going back to the dentist. Everybody understands it's safe to go to the dentist. And people, based on our claim statistics, and you know in the book, you've seen it, there's a graph in there where I show how the claims have, have come back unbelievably strong. Um, that's all good, and the only issue, again, is that you may have um, some delays getting a cleaning appointment uh, because, um, you know, the dentist may not have enough, you know, hygienist or dental assistant staff, and page 72 of the book shows, you know, how the claims have really come back to, uh, to normal. So that's, that's the big issue now is the, the workforce challenge, but, but I have a task force working on that already, and with a lot of uh, creative ways... Um, Offices are are going about um, doing certificate programs and so forth to get a dental assistance. You know, you know, you know, on staff. Tom Raffio is with us. He's the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, and the new book is "Prepare for Crisis: Plan to Thrive: The Inside Story of How One Company Did It Right." Now, folks, I have to admit, I already have my autographed copy of uh, this book, and you can have yours. If you show up on uh, Thursday night, that's uh, Thursday night of this week in uh, Manchester at the Bookery, great spot at uh, 844 Elm Street in Manchester. Tom will be there for a presentation, but uh, answer your questions and uh, autograph the books that you purchase, and uh, it's going to be a, uh, a terrific night, and uh, looking forward to that. And people know me. I'm pretty strategic when I talk, so I won't, I won't bore you, but... The good news, too, is if you also bought Dis- Disney tickets on ice tickets, 
You can, <laughs> after you're done with me, you can walk across the street to the Sanu Arena. So there you go. And get some other form of entertainment. Uh-huh. There, uh-huh. I, I didn't realize it was there, but there you go. Same night. So it should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I know I'm going to see a lot of my friends, too, because even though this is obviously specifically about Delta and, and oral health and dental insurance, there's definitely a thread of some of the other things that were happening in New Hampshire, like how we got the running community back you know, up, up and running quicker than any other state. So there's a lot of, I, I tried to include as many names of people to, to really make it a, you know, a New Hampshire flavor. And you're correct, the actual email communications and other communications to, you know, dentists, employees, uh, brokers, et cetera. So people see the, the actual communications and some of the really nice responses that I got as well. So it's, it's real stuff and, and still relevant um, because the back of the book I wrote, I rewrote about four times to make sure we would stay current with what, what may have happened with, you know, with the OSHA guidelines. So it's still it's still quite relevant and can be used as a handbook for both small and large employers. And you haven't even mentioned my favorite part of the book. The acknowledgments when I mention you? Oh, no, no. I mean, that was very nice, and I, I appreciate that, and some of, the, uh, some of my colleagues here in the Granite State as well, and that was very nice of you to include us. However, my favorite page is 63. Your pictures with... Havana, you're Oh, six, yeah. So uh, that that's funny. So give everybody the context. So essentially, when I do, when I do my daily emails, which now go well over four hundred since the pandemic, one day I tucked in one of the pictures of my granddaughter, who was about one then, um, and people loved it. And I noticed people were reading my stuff more. So then it became <laughs> customary for me to include. Uh, at least one picture of Havana every day, and occasionally when I didn't, because it, I was including so much information that people would say, "I want a picture of Havana." So virtually, you know, two thirds, if not three quarters, of my communications always have a picture of Havana. But the cool thing on page sixty-three, it shows her growing from when she was age one when the pandemic started, yeah. and this one happened to be age two. Of course, she just turned three, so uh, and so a lot of people are using the. Um, Havana's growth is kind of my God. This pandemic is going on, you know, two years. It's incre- you know, it's incredible. Um, and and just kind of seeing the little baby with no hair and then a lot of hair, yeah. Um, uh, really shows the passage of time. But it, re- it really connected my employees with me, and also to make the point that when you're working from home, and my 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 practice right now is I. Um, I get up really early in the morning, do a workout, do some emails from home, and then I go in. So I will be doing emails from home when Havana is crawling over me. And I think when employees understood that that's the reality of working from home. Yeah, no question. And, and, then I, and then I was okay with that, that it's okay for them. And it, re- it just made me more human and it made the whole process, you know, more connecting. Yeah, and the pictures are, are great and uh, suitable for framing, as they used to say. Suitable for framing. If you cut them out and put them in a frame, you can have uh, Tom and his granddaughter Havana right there. And yep. and the acknowledgments of all the people in media that helped me, and I and I and I really was sincere in all the recognitions because you know a lot of people like yourself have been and enabled me to get the oral health message out, um, and now get the message out in the book. So I did definitely want to acknowledge my many many friends in the uh, fourth estate. Well, we certainly appreciate that, Tom. Tom Raffio is with us. 
And the new book, Prepare, Prepare for Crisis, Plan to Thrive, the inside story of how one company did it right. Tom, hang in there. We have to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back, okay? Super. And uh, this is Kale and Company at AM 1450, WKXL 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 in Manchester. We're presented by Weed Family Automotive, weedfamilyautomotive.com. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company. Great to have you with us today. And Tom Raffio is joining us, the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental and his new book, his third book, folks. And I, I bet there'll be more on the way. Uh, Prepare for Crisis, Plan to Thrive, the inside story of how one company did it right. Uh, Tom Raffio, and uh, you had a co-author on the book as well. Yes, yeah, so Diane Schmalmsey is an expert in Baldridge, performance excellence, and without getting into a lot of uh, boring detail, um, but one of the reasons for our success was we grew our reserves over 10 years because we follow the Baldrige Performance Excellence, which is a very rigorous, uh, holistic view of of total quality. It includes, for example, Category 1 is leadership, and uh, the human resources is Category 5. And in fact, on page 46 of the book, uh, an old friend of mine and I designed kind of how this all puts together. We put it in the shape of a bicycle. Not that Ken, you would be riding the bicycle, but but you could envision it. <laughs> since you since you ha- since you must have the book in front of you, and you knew about page sixty three with Havana's photo. You can turn to page forty six. But that is the uh, the Baldridge bicycle model, and not one uh, company in New Hampshire has ever won the National Baldridge Award. So we're gonna we're thinking about applying for that just for continuous improvement reasons, and we have applied in the past, and uh, um, we were we didn't win it, but we certainly got a lot of good feedback. But Diane's an expert in that, and I asked her to t- kind of take a look at um, our processes here. So she was uh, helpful um, in also editing the book. Because one of the things writing, I've, I've done three, is you have to have a little bit of thick skin, because what you think is funny and great, you know, someone from the outside says mm, not so much. So you have to, you know, you have to be willing, you know, to you know to make adjustments on the book. So as we, as she and I said uh, um, in the in the dedication, um, we rewrote this book at all hours of the night. I pretty much you know ten to one, ten p.m. to one a.m. Um, just getting it to where I want it to be. So it's tightly written. And uh, what people tell me is, once you get, the first section kind of gives you the background of the company, and if you're if you know it already, that will may go a little slow. But once you get to section two, you know during the crisis, and then what we did after the crisis in section three, people tell me that they you know they literally can't put it down. But Diane was really helpful both in terms of helping me edit, um, but also helping me explain the Baldridge performance excellence. Well, it is a, a terrific book, and uh, you don't even have to be involved in the business world to en- enjoy it and gain from it. Uh, and uh, I would, uh, you know, urge people to to get the book, and uh, you can uh, pick it up for sure uh, this Thursday night, January twenty seventh, in downtown Manchester. And Tom, we have a lot more listeners now uh, in Manchester with our great new signal down there, one hundred one point nine. So uh, you'll be getting uh, an outstanding turnout, I'm sure. Uh, for your event on uh, Thursday night, the twenty seventh, it begins at five thirty. Correct. Correct. I'll be there at five fifteen, setting up. Yeah. Um, I'll be ready to go at five thirty. I'll be very brief with my remarks, answer all your questions, and um, 
I just enjoy people, so hopefully it'll be a good turnout. But but like you, I'm you know. I need to get over for Disney on Ice because I think my granddaughter will be over there. So we we won't go on forever. Don't worry. Uh, there you go. So it'll be five thirty promptly at five thirty. Tom will set up at five fifteen, and he will be ready to go because he is probably the most prompt individual I know. So uh, he will be on time. He will be there. And, and that's because that's because one of my uh, schedulers is we call her Punctual Patty Vernier. Keeps me on my toes and make sure I go. Well, you know what, my, you, you know how uh, robust my schedule is. So I do, I do, and so uh, punctual Patty keeps you in line. You got now, it. So I'll be there. At fi- I'll be there at five fifteen, and as people come, we'll get everything set up. I'll say a few things, ask some questions, sign your book, and um, I think I think uh, I think people will enjoy it. And as I said, uh, if you don't read the appendix, it's just a hundred pages. You'll get through it in you know in one night. And, and the TV is so bad these days, it might be good to stay off the tube one night. That's true. Uh, very good. Outstanding. And uh, people should read more anyway. Uh, you know, and this is a good one. And uh, so pick it up Thursday night at uh, the Bookery, which is a neat spot in uh, in downtown Manchester. Certainly, uh, it's been around now for about a few years, but uh, it's, it's a great spot. You can get a, something to drink there, a little something to eat as well. So uh, make a night of it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's a very friendly group, and you know, Liz Hitchcock has done a great job, and uh, expect to see Liz and Jeremy there and a few others, and we'll, ha- we'll have a good time. So, again, um, whether you might think, well, I'm not, a, you know, Belta Dental is a $500 million company, doesn't matter. You you could have five employees, um, and a lot of the principles in that book will, will still apply. No doubt. No doubt about it. So the question I have for you today, Tom... Is uh, is another Tom uh, all finished? And, of course, I'm speaking about Mr. Brady. Has he thrown his last pass in the I NFL? Don't, I don't think so. I think uh, he's super competitive. Um, I think if he had won the Super Bowl, I think maybe. But I think he's going he's gonna to give it one more go. I think being in the NFC, I think uh, when you're not competing necessarily with Mahomes and Buffalo, um, I think you you can see a path to the Super Bowl um, a lot easier. Maybe not nothing's easy in the NFL, but uh, more straightforward than the AFC. So I think he's healthy. I think he wants to extend his regular season record. Since Breeze retired, he really overcame all of Breeze's records. Well, first first Peyton Manning's, then Breeze's, um, and he's well ahead of them. But I think if he, if he he's probably thinking, if I do one more year, I can get so far ahead, unless they totally change the rules of football, nobody will ever be able to touch my regular season records in terms of yards and touchdown passes. And, of course, I don't think anybody's ever going to touch, you know, seven Super Bowls, even if he doesn't win the uh, the eighth. So I'm giving it, I'm, I'm saying he's going to go to give it one more year. Well, and he has always said, I mean, he's said it for many, many years, that he wants to play until he's 45, and he's only 44 right now. He'll be 45 in August. And like you, I don't think he wants to go out, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, with on a loss. I, I think he wants to go out on a winning note, and uh, he will he will give it a shot, at least hey, for one more season. And it's not like anybody's saying he had a bad year, because oh. his last two years, statistically, were two of his best years ever. Yep. Yep. Over 5,000 yards, more than his other 5,000-yard season when he was with the Patriots, and two years in a row of over 40 touchdowns. So, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. So, 
Give it a go, I say, Tom. He, um, he is still uh, playing very well. And uh, I, I don't think, Tom, that he's the kind of guy that's going to hang around when he doesn't think he can accomplish anything on the field anymore. I don't think he's going to hang around like, you know, we always point to Willie Mays about that who, you know, hung around too long. But I don't 19, think Tom Brady is going to do that. Yeah, Willie Mays, 72. Remember, he was falling down in yep. the 1972 World Series. And Manning, even though he won a Super Bowl his last year, could barely throw the ball. Tom's arm has stayed brilliant. And I think the other thing is he realizes it could be it could be over at a moment's notice. Like, it could be game two of next year, and he does an ACL, and then it's over. So I think I think while he's healthy, and Joe Montana actually gave him that advice. Joe Montana said the one regret he had is he didn't play longer. Yeah, uh, yeah. he felt he he felt he could have. So I think Tom will stay. But I tell you, watching that Kansas City and Buffalo game really makes uh, what I was thinking was, boy, it's going to be a tall task for the Patriots ever to make it to the Super Bowl as long as Allen and Mahomes are in the AFC. Cause right. one of the, that's a tall, and I like Mac Jones, but boy, uh, to, if, to, to make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC, if you, you have to beat Mahomes and Allen, yeah, that, that's, that's going to be a tall task. That's a tough task in, indeed. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very, relatively young. They're going to be around for a long time. You got uh, it. Like you can, relatively young. Relatively, yeah, relatively speaking. But that was... The game you you bring up, the Kansas City-Buffalo game, I mean, that was, as they say in the parlance these days, an instant classic. Uh, Ended in overtime with uh, Kansas City winning the toss. I tell you what, Tom, in my opinion, my humble opinion, they have to change the overtime rules in the NFL. Well, they tweaked it, whereas if they only got a field goal, the team gets the the ball. But you're right, it's, it's ironic because when the Patriots did that to the Chiefs a few years ago, right. the Chiefs were complaining, and now it's like it, Chiefs did it to Buffalo, and then it's like, oh, it's okay. Um, I, I, they had to do something, but I, I don't like the college football rules no. when you start. Like, that's, to me, not real football, but uh, there's got to there's be some way of, uh, of, well, of doing well, that. Well, I think, you know, each team ha- has to possess the ball. I mean, they can't have so much riding on uh, a coin toss. You know, I mean, uh, I think I, you know, if Kansas City scored the touchdown as they did on the opening drive of of overtime, then Buffalo's got to get that ball back. I mean, you know, for for at least you know one more shot at it. Uh, you know, that's that's the way I see it anyway, and uh, I I think it's it's just unfair to have so much riding on you know such a, a random act as a coin flip. I I really and truly do. This is true, but sports are like that. You have these major, major, major soccer games, I, and I know it's not a coin toss, but they're they're resolved on penalty kicks, you know, or, or yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those, one one of those things. All right, so I'm going to put your feet to the fire now here, Tom Raffio, and uh, get your prediction as to who is going to win the upcoming Super Bowl on February 13th. Well, I think Kansas City will have no problem with Cincinnati. Um, I think Los Angeles is going to beat San Francisco. Boy, Los Angeles did everything they could to blow the game, didn't they? Did they ever? Did they ever? I was in the office, um, so I could only I was on my uh, ESPN app, and I kept seeing all these fumbles. I'm thinking, are they are they literally giving the game away? But in any event, but I think they probably learned. They probably had the best of both worlds because they won the game, but realized that they can't below games like that. So I think it's going to be uh, Kansas City, Los Angeles, 
Um, and unfortunately, I think Kansas City is going to win. All right, so there you go. And uh, Los Angeles, unless things change between now and then, if they should beat San Francisco in uh, the NFC Championship game, they'll be playing at home. And and how you know how two ironic row, is it? Right? Yeah, two years in a row, perhaps. But, you know, it never happened until last year when Brady played at home in Tampa that uh, a home team has ever uh, played on uh, you know uh, or teams have ever played on their home field during a Super Bowl, and. Uh, so it happened in Tampa. It could happen in Los Angeles uh, a couple of weeks ahead. So uh, we, we'll see what unfolds there. I, I think I agree with uh, your Kansas City prediction. I think the 49ers, I think the 49ers are going to beat the Rams. I think it's going to be a rematch of the uh, Kansas City-San Francisco Super Bowl. And I wouldn't mind that. And, and maybe San Francisco in that scenario, maybe they uh... – Maybe they beat Kansas City this time because they should have beat them the last time. They should so, have. They and, should and I, have. So and yeah. uh, it'd be nice to see Garoppolo, although he's he's been kind of playing average. And I and I'm happy for Matt Stafford who struggled all those years with the Lions. So well, I, I was rooting for for San Francisco. I must tell you uh, this past weekend, and I was rooting for for Tampa Bay because I wanted to see the Garoppolo Brady matchup. Well. But we didn't get it. So. We didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll see the uh, Garoppolo Matthew Stafford matchup instead. Yes, and um, and based on that, I mean Garoppolo really hasn't been playing that well. He he does have what Brett Auerbach used to say about Danny Age, kind of the lucky charm <laughs> bone. So, so I wouldn't be surprised though if the Forty Nine ers beat the Rams. Uh, by the way, but I, I'm thinking. Um, the Rams, since they almost blew the last game, um, know that, that they that they have to play a little better to to win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, that's why I'm going with the Rams. But if the 49ers win, I wouldn't be surprised either. That San Francisco defense is very tough, very very tough. So it'll be a couple of uh, interesting championship games uh, coming up on Sunday. So I'll look forward to that and. Uh, Tommy, are you concerned about the, the start of the Major League Baseball season at all, or if there will be a season? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, baseball succeeds in spite of itself. Right, so, yeah. I mean, they do their best to shoot themselves. Um, they're perceived as greedy, and neither the owners or the players are ever, are ever thought that well. Um, and I uh, think ultimately cooler heads will prevail because I think – Football is always still king, and if you know if there's any sort of strike, I mean, baseball's not going to die or anything like that. But I think they could shoot their economics in their foot if they don't if they don't get their act together. And uh, you know, you also have uh, the specter of the the USFL in April, so you'll, you'll, you'll have some uh, springtime football uh, coming your way this year. Well, I know, Tom, you're involved in in a lot of uh, local sports. Uh, your involvement with the uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats has been for a long, long time at uh, Northeast Delta Dental Stadium, and you're very active there and active with uh, Millennium Running. And uh, I know there was a new uh, race series that opened up uh, this past weekend that you took part in. Yeah, so we had the Hopkinton Winter Series. So uh, Ellen and I designed an outback course in Hopkinton, a wonderful course. We had a great turnout. People just love the camaraderie, so we've got that going. 
Uh, and then upcoming this Saturday, we also have a snowshoe series yeah. um, at Canterbury, which I was featured on WMUR a couple weekends ago. They just grabbed me when the, on that really cold Saturday. So that's been kind of fun, and we've been doing that at uh, Canterbury. And then the third um, series that we sponsor um, during the during the winter is something called the Winter Wild, where you run up and down the mountains. So a few weeks ago was at Whaleback. Um, this week was at a Scutney, and Ellen and I were going to do the double, which was the Canterbury race snowshoe in the morning, and the Escutney race uh, was at night, but they switched the Escutney race to the morning, so we can, on- we can only do one of them. But all three series are important because, excuse me, because it allows, um, it allows uh, people to remain well during the winter, stay fit during the winter, so when you start up again in the spring, there's no real excuse in New Hampshire not to stay well between the Winter Wild Series, uh, between the Snow or No Go Snowshoe Series, and then this Hopkinton uh, 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 Race Series, which is on which is on um, roads. So if you're not interested in in snowshoes, you can still you know run with us um, every couple of weeks uh, out of uh, Storms Fitness in Hopkinton. All sponsored by Delta Dental. Now, uh, there you go. And uh, I know the Snowshoe Series, the Snow or No We Go uh, Series, uh, it's at uh, Shaker Village, but uh, also at the uh, the Obstacle Course, right, in uh, Franklin, Prospect Frank- Mountain. Yeah, Exactly. Good. Yeah, you're on top of things. Uh, I, wow. I, well, thanks to you, Tom, and thanks to your postings on Facebook. You, <laughs> That's you, you, yeah. you, you keep me on top of things. You know? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Nelson got us those courses up there. But, yeah, but and, and the theory behind the snow or no we go uh, was in the, there used to be a snowshoe series uh, in New Hampshire, um, but it kind of fizzled out because, you know, sometimes the snow is, it, you can always downhill ski because they make snow, but uh, for snowshoes, you, you need the natural snow. Yeah. And so oftentimes the races were canceled at the last minute or they canceled the race on Thursday and then it snowed on Friday, but it was too late, too late to bring it back on again. So Tom Walton had this idea, he's our fitness trainer, to say regardless of whether there's snow or not, we'll go. Meaning um, if there's snow, you go on snowshoes. Yeah. And if there's no snow, then you go on, uh, you put spikes on your sneakers and you run it. So, so either way, um, a someone that's out there won't have his, the race canceled, but you might be running on spikes as opposed to your snowshoes. Well, it's uh, they're all great events, Tom, and uh, I applaud you and uh, Northeast Delta Dental and and your wife Ellen, uh, who uh, you know you told me helped design uh, that course uh, uh, that you ran on over the weekend in in Hopkinton. So, uh, you know, you guys are so involved in in the local athletic scene and and uh, in the, not only that but the arts as well uh you guys have done a, a fabulous job at northeast delta dental and uh, you know all all you know the, the great things you bring to us uh, year after year a kid with ellen i kid when i do my little talk before the race i said ellen we sit at dinner when i sometimes i'm home at a normal time <laughs> or late at night and she'll come up with all these brainstorms and i think well Let's connect it to oral health. Let's connect it to Delta Dental. You know, how can we help? And then out comes, you know, um, you know, the Hopkinton series, and and then we feel like we want to be to be supportive of Tom Walton in the Snowshoe series, and then the Winter Wild series has been around a while. And once I got into that, I said we got to sponsor that too. But again, it's all about wellness and getting people yeah. out and uh, in during the winter. Um, and you know, and I don't know if you. Live in New Hampshire, you got to engage the winter, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. 
Well, folks, you'll have a chance to meet Tom Raffio on uh, Thursday night at uh, the Bookery in downtown Manchester at 844 Elm Street. It's a great spot. And also uh, buy his latest book, Get It Autographed, uh, Prepare for Crisis, Plan to Thrive, the inside story of how one company did it right. It's a, a terrific book. And Tom will be there, and uh, I, I can't imagine that there aren't too many people out there who haven't already met your Tom, but for those who haven't, uh, they will have a great opportunity to do that on uh, Thursday night, the 27th. I'm the one with curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the longest-running show. <laughs> That's it. That's All right. It. Well, Tom. Well, I appreciate it, and I really meant what I said in the acknowledgments. So the media's been good to me in terms of getting the oral health message out, and uh, all the things that I like to do, and uh, whether it's racing, oral health, uh, this this book, being good to the community in other ways, and it's uh, we have a great local media presence uh, because of people like you. So thank you very much, Ken. I appreciate the time. Tom, thank you so much, as always. Take Tom, care. Tom Raffio, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental. This is Kale & Company. You're tuned into uh, either AM 1450 WKXL 103.9 in the Capital Region, 101.9 in the Manchester area, or perhaps uh, streaming the program at nhtalkradio.com. We're all presented by Weed Family Automotive at 124 Store Street in Concord or online at weedfamilyautomotive.com. Welcome back. We're heading down the home stretch of this edition of uh, Kale & Company, and our thanks to our guests today. Uh, Tom Raffio of Northeast Delta Dental, the president and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental. And uh, Tom, again, will be at the bookery in Manchester on Thursday night, the 27th. And hopefully you're hearing this uh, program before that event uh, has taken place. So uh, bear in mind, it's Thursday, the uh, 27th. And uh, Tom, one of the great pillars of the uh, local community, in fact, throughout the, the tri-state region. And uh, appreciate him being and taking the time to be with us on the show today. Another great event coming up in Concord this week, starting on uh, Thursday the 27th. It's the Black Ice Pond Hockey event that's been around a long time, and hopefully the conditions will be great for it uh, this week. It starts Thursday the 27th with uh, Thursday night lights from 6 to 8 at uh, White Park in Concord, beautiful spot. And it'll all begin with pond hockey games with the Concord Capitals, the New England Wildcats, the New Hampshire Avalanche, the New Hampshire Junior Monarchs at White Park. From uh, 6 to 8, there's going to be a heated spectator tent open if the weather might be a little chilly, and it's a good, good chance of that. Uh, from 5 to 8 with uh, interactive uh, games, merchandise sales, and a silent auction as well. And the concessions uh, will be open from 5 to 8 on uh, Thursday at White Park as well. So lots of things going on. And that's just the start of it. And uh, we'll tell you more about it when we come back from our uh, final break here on the show today as we head toward the top of the hour on Kale & Company on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Weed Family Automotive. Heading down the home stretch today of Kale and Company at 1450 WKXL 103.9 in the Capital Region, 1019 in Manchester, presented by Weed Family Automotive. Talked before the break about the Black Ice Pond Hockey event at White Park. 
And, of course, Winterfest uh, going on uh, this coming weekend in Concord as well. But on uh, Friday, the concessions will be open at 8 o'clock at White Park. 8 a.m. at White Park, concessions will be open. The Black Ice Han, uh, Pond Hockey Games will be played from 9 a.m. to 8.20 p.m. on Friday. They have the heated spectator tent that will be open with merchandise, interactive games, and a silent auction. Uh, there will be public skating from 9 to 4 on the uh, White, Pond, uh, White, uh, White Park Pond and, uh, you know, rinks around as well. So take advantage of public skating. Uh, ice sculptures, there's a bonfire at 5, an Atlas fireworks show at 7.15 on Friday evening, and the event uh, continues through Sunday at White Park. Just check it out on blackicepondhockey.com. Again, blackicepondhockey.com. Thanks for joining us today on this edition of Kale & Company on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Presented by Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. Call for an appointment, 603-225-7988.